hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hi guys, welcome back to my channel. We are talking about cycle tracking. So I am very outspoken about the value of tracking signs that your cycle is coming back before you even have a period. So if you're not sure about what I'm talking about, the fertility awareness method, there are a few different types of this method and it's used as a form of birth control or helping you to time pregnancy and overall just get a good understanding of your menstrual health and what to expect in a cycle and you know, what your body's doing. And it's really fascinating for everyone 
one of menstruating age to do because it helps you really show like how you live your life really does reflect in your cycle. And that's awesome. When you drink alcohol, boom, it spikes up. When you get bad sleep, boom, it could plummet all the way down. When you're not eating enough, your temperatures can be too low. When you're sick, you'll see that it's always like quite elevated. And when everything's going well, you can see your follicular phase. You can see when ovulation happens because there's a strong and obvious rise in your temperature. And you can see how long your luteal phase was, which indicates how much progesterone that you're producing, which is indicative of a lot of things, but most commonly, most present is if you were trying to get pregnant, if your luteal phase isn't long enough, you're not producing enough progesterone, you're not going to get pregnant, even if ovulation was great. So there's a ton of use for tracking and in recovery we're looking often for signs that your period is coming back and when you have gotten your first couple cycles we are looking for how those parameters are looking are they not so great and are they starting to improve or are they going backwards or are they staying stagnant and then we can use that information to make decisions around uh, food sleep nutrition in general exercise in general and we can get really dialed in all the way through to supplementation so I wanted to make this video to go over the mistakes that people commonly make. I think anyone who teaches what we teach that this method can fall victim <laughs> to making assumptions that our clients understood the first time we told them or that we didn't forget to tell them any details or that they're potentially doing something just like wildly wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to go through a lot of the common mistakes and I want this as a tool for my clients, but hey, a tool for you too, just to make sure there's not a blind spot or something that you were doing maybe wrong or just not to full effect. And if any of these end up being something you were doing, please let me know in the comments below because it's so interesting for me to know what mistakes people have been making or was there a mistake that you used to make that you're not making now that I didn't talk about. I want to know what your mistakes were. So comment below for us. Okay. And before we dive in, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. It helps other women like you trying to get their cycle back and improve their life. It helps them find this channel. So let's do it. Okay. So the first one is all about temping. So you take your temperature every single morning so that you can figure out what your basal body temperature was. Now, mistakes are common. And I think I've seen all of the mistakes. So there are different ways. Some people take them vaginally. Some people put them under their armpits. I don't teach that method. And there are a few reasons why it's not always going to be the right method. A cheap thermometer from just the pharmacy, the chemist is really all you need is like 15 bucks and you pop it under your mouth in the morning before you get out of bed and hold it in your mouth for at least five minutes, maybe even 10 in the beginning, just to make sure it's consistent. Some people see that when they just pop it in, take the temperature immediately and then take it back out, that it reads differently to had they held it in their mouth for five minutes, 10 minutes, even two minutes, it just becomes more stable. It takes a little bit of time for the thermometer to come up to temperature. And they're often just, not all thermometers are perfect and they think they're right, but they're not. And so if you can warm it up for a while before you press the start button, right? So some people also do this backwards. They put it in their mouth, press start, and then leave it for 10 minutes. You need to do it the other way around. You need to put it in your mouth for 10 minutes, then press start or two minutes or five minutes. If you feel like you have temperatures that are really up and down, up and down, 
zigzaggy, sawtoothy we call it, that is a good time to test this first before going and getting your thyroid checked or, or worrying that it's something deeper. We always check user error beforehand. So if I have someone displaying erratic temperatures before worrying that there's something wrong, like with their thyroid or just that their hormones are all over the place, I will first ask them how long they're holding the thermometer in their mouthful. Like I said, do it before you get out of bed and do it before you take a sip of water or anything. There's been lots of times where we've got, we've been working together for a bit and then we discover that they've been getting out of bed, walking around and then taking their temperature. It's not that I didn't tell them not to do that. It's just that they forgot or they missed the memo. So if you're a coach, you know, pro tip, always double check because you're often throwing a lot of information at your clients. And so they just don't realize that they missed something and they think that this is how you do it. And also, when it comes to taking temperatures, sometimes people have the wrong thermometer. So like I said, a basal body temperature thermometer is like 15 bucks at the, at the store. But sometimes people are, are using that like head scanner gun thing. Uh, that's not going to give you an accurate basal body temperature reading. Those things are rubbish. Some people are getting just a regular thermometer that just is kind of designed to check for fever. So it's not really, you know, checking to the point of a degree of your temperature. And note on wearables, right? So some people do the temp drop wearable or the aura ring. Those things are, are great. We've, you know, I've worked with clients where the pattern is the same. They'll do both the thermometer for me and they'll wear their wearable just so we can check like what the difference is. So often the pattern will be the same, right? Lower and it'll start to get higher. It'll spike for ovulation. The pattern will look the same, but the temperatures will be different. So often if you're using a wearable, something that you sleep with that monitors your temperature throughout the night, it's going to read lower. So we need to know if you're working with someone or if you're a coach, we need to know uh, what device they're using because often with a wearable, it's taking the average of your sleep temperature throughout the night and not your temperature at the time of taking it in the morning, right? So it's actually lower when you're sleeping. So I don't want to be looking at my client whose temperature is 97.1 and worrying that their temperature is too low when actually that was just the average that they were sleeping at, you know? So if you're gonna have wearable and you wanna use a wearable for just a few, at least a month or two, um, use one of these as well just so you can understand the difference and the discrepancies. And every now and then check in using one of these thermometers just to see where you're really at basal body temperature wise in the morning, not just where what your average is while you sleep because the two are different pieces of information. So the next common mistakes are typically around mucus. So when we check for mucus, we want to be checking in every direction externally because there are different methods, right? The one I teach is specifically the symptothermal. And so we check our underwear and the toilet paper when we wipe. We do not do internal checks. There have been plenty of times where I have clients observing lots of mucus. And then it's like so weird. You're seeing all this mucus for so long, but like other things aren't matching up. How are you checking for the mucus? They insert their finger and they're doing internal checks. Well, it's always moist in there. <laughs> so it can be actually really hard, especially if you're new to the method, to check for cervical mucus with an internal check. There are other things up there. Vaginal cell slough is an example. And it's just generally pretty moist in there. So it's not a great place, especially for beginners, I don't think, to be checking for their mucus. So really, you just need to be looking at your underwear when you go to the bathroom and folding your toilet paper nice and flat 
and wiping before you pee and after you pee and looking if there's anything there and that is your mucus observation at least if you're working with me hey do you know what your blind spots are as in do you know what it is what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back Look, it could be an absolute plethora, cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. I'd say as well, another mistake can be confusing egg white cervical mucus and semen. So egg white cervical mucus and semen can look really quite similar. They can both be very crystal clear in color and arousal fluid as well. They really can be. They can kind of come out looking that way. So it's tricky. Or they can be just a little bit cloudy that still looks like mucus. So if you have had interco unprotected intercourse, the next day you actually might just want to expect to see some egg white mucus and maybe to consider any observations that day as a bust, as an unreliable mucus observation. If you have ovulated or if you're about to ovulate, you will know whether or not you have done so because there's a temperature shift as well and or you would have seen more mucus in the leader and or you'll continue to see mucus after. So if you haven't seen any mucus, then you have sex and then you see egg white cervical mucus and then you never see anything else around that, you probably didn't see mucus. So just don't get that stuff confused with cervical mucus. People also sometimes confuse vaginal cell slough with mucus. And um, a good easy way to tell it apart is that if you cannot really pick it up and if it just is like this white crumbly, like dry paste, not mucus. So anything else probably is. And then if you're seeing, you know, yellow discharge or something, 
that's clearly a bit off and not something you've ever seen before. And it might even be accompanied by symptoms like itching or redness or burning. It's probably more of an infection than mucus. So really the only things that come out of your vagina are cervical mucus, vaginal cell slough, and discharge from infections. And so just getting to know what actual cervical mucus looks like is going to be your best bet and understanding the difference between that and vaginal cell slough which is really just dead cells, like the dandruff of your vagina. Understanding that you can't pick that up and, and you can't stretch it and it doesn't look like mucus, that's gonna be your best bet. And then connecting symptoms of an infection with discharge, you know, we should all be able to, to do that rather reliably. So don't get your mucus confused with cell slough and infections. If you do see a huge shift in your temperature, it's helpful just to make sure you're checking for all of the other variables, right? Say your temperature is super high one day, maybe you changed blankets, maybe your bedroom was too hot. I know sometimes our house gets really hot at night randomly. I wake up, I've kicked the blankets off, I take, I've taken my clothes off and my temperature reads like 98.6, <laughs> like super high. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I ovulated. But it's gonna, it might go back down in the next two days. Side note, this is why we wait three days before we can even say I've definitely ovulated because there are other reasons why your temperature can, can be high. So an example is if your room is too hot, if you've got a new blanket, if you're sleeping in a different room. So always like user error or just like user interference, right? It's not an error, it's just life. So if you can hear my baby crying, so just make sure that you're not confusing that as to why your temperature is changing. It's totally fine that that happens. Just don't think there's something wrong with you. And that completes it for the most common, at least things I see and challenges I see with consistently taking temps and just miscommunications. So I hope that this helped. And if you are a coach or you work with women getting their periods back, this can be a really helpful video to share with them as well. You know, I hope that none of these mistakes are anything that you suddenly realize you've been making, but if you are, don't worry, just get back on track and see it as great good news. There's not something like huge underneath in my body happening. It's really just a mistake that I've been making with with charting. And remember that how you take your temperature and track your symptoms consistently is the most important thing. If you are not consistent, if you're taking them at all crazy different times, if you're checking for mucus, not in the same, like not every time you go to the bathroom, if you're only doing it sometimes, if you're only taking your temperature sometimes, you don't have enough reliable information. The value of this process of doing FAM is in the consistency. So I recommend you take it. And if you're feeling overwhelmed by it, because sometimes through recovery, it can be a hard thing to do to continue to temp when you have been just seeing no changes, right? Because that's reality. Sometimes it takes time. If that's you, I just encourage you to just take the data and put it down and don't read into it. Don't stare at your chart. Take the temperature, write it down. Mark what you saw, put it away. Don't analyze it yet. In fact, when you first begin, which if you're in recovery, it's probably, you're probably pretty early on in charting. When you first begin, you don't even have enough data to analyze. You just need to be taking it. And it's not really until you have a few months, like three months plus, that you even have anything to really look back and be like, okay, am I improving? Am I not? when you've had three cycles. With charting, just start taking it and don't even bother really analyzing it for A, the first two weeks to see where your temperatures are at. Are they too low? Are they too high? 
then make changes. Don't analyze it again for another two weeks. If everything's looking good and your temperatures are in range and you're seeing signs of mucus and stuff, but it's taking a long time, note it, see it, acknowledge it, use it to make a change, right? Eat more food, rest more, supplement with, you know, whatever it is, but do not let yourself dwell on it. Do not let yourself like stare at it for ages, try and Google around what it all means. Just take a breath, set a date for when you're going to review it. I don't need to worry about it today. I worry about it on the first of the month, like whatever it is. That's a really important tip. And in a way it is a mistake that people make is like letting themselves get too attached to the outcome of the chart. You cannot replace your desire to control things like body weight, diet and exercise or whatever it is with your desire to control the outcome of your chart. The chart is a reflection of what's happening in your life. You're not controlling the chart. All you can do is go and look after yourself. So let's conclude with the final mistake people make with charting. The final mistake is only choosing to see the parts of the chart you want to see and not the parts you don't. So people want to see it improve. They are excited when they see it go up. <gasps> One temperature is better or something like that, you know. But when it comes back down, when you're not in an optimal temperature range or when you're seeing issues with like mucus was coming and now it's gone or everything's trending down. Like you're seeing these issues, but you don't want to make any changes. You're just like, well, I'm just going to keep going till it improves. No, that's not what it's for. It's not for you to just passively do. Only chart if you intend to use the information to make changes and work towards getting your cycle back. If you don't want to make changes, the chart's not going to help you. But if you do think it's helpful to have data to back up, the decision to make a change, you're gonna have a good time with charting. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. I hope this video was helpful, guys. If you have any questions, if it was a bit all over the place, I will redo it. So just let me know. And if you're a member of the HA Society, remember we have menstrual cycle masterminds twice a month. So you can come and bring your chart and ask questions and we'll work on them together. So you can learn more about that at thehasociety.com. And if you want to start charting and you haven't, you can use apps, but you can also use paper charts. So we have some paper charts that you can download, you can print them off at home and use them. Um, they're specific for HA recovery and you, you can mark your mucus observations, you can mark your temperatures on there. And it's better than staring at a phone and using an app. Sometimes I think I prefer paper myself, but there are plenty of great apps out there too if you want. But if you want to download our paper version, you can find that at our store at thehasociety.com forward slash store and I'll link to it all below. Please subscribe to this channel guys so you don't miss a, another episode and I will see you guys next week. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So Temp Drop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. 
And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify your whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and and use um, AFHASociety at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is of course dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there but i may even recommend it for just everyone in general get your husbands on it get your partners on it if you have a history of ha and add on top of that maybe a history of the pill maybe you've been pregnant before you know through treatments or other like you've just your body's been through anything you know you're absolutely 100 percent dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my 
favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.